talking to kilobytes <laughs> it seems weird uh, this is the new and hopefully upgraded podcast um, so any previous listeners will have noted that I have now changed the podcast both the name and the route I'm planning to take so I'm wanting to branch out a bit because it was harder to get into the niche of like scientific podcasts um, I may still cover some of the things that I was planning on doing or still go down that scientific route because you know there are start still quite a lot of interesting things to do in like the scientific world I find them interesting but it just wasn't taking off I mean I don't know whether it's because I've not grown um how I should have done not done it right on social media or just because people haven't found it interesting but I've been listening to a lot of different podcasts and particularly one called stuff you should know a shout out to them little free advert in case I ever get big and people go over to them and they find out but yeah they're a great podcast there's a couple of them and they just they talk about loads of random stuff but it's really interesting stuff um and so I thought you know what why don't I just try and switch it up see if I can get a few more listeners in stuff that's not necessarily scientific related but things that I want to cover like mysteries and unsolved cases things that are going to grip you and keep you interested without you having to like understand anything underlying that's complex that you have done in my previous podcasts because it was like very specific scientific information so new beginnings uh, and for this first one I want to take you back uh, we'll venture to around 1947-1948 uh, and the account of a radio operator aboard an American vessel called the Silver Star that was navigating the Strait of Malacca, which is in the Pacific Ocean, and it's a, a narrow strait between the two islands of Malaysia and Sumatra. So this radio operator was sat aboard the Silver Star, and he receives this distress message from a ship which is uh, read in Morse code as an SOS from Urang Madan. We float... All officers, including the captain, dead in chart room and on the bridge. Probably whole of crew dead. And then there's a long silence before a final message of, I die. So, as alarming as this was, uh, this message had been broadcasted and received by two American vessels and uh, a few broadcasting stations or towers on these islands. Um, so the Silver Star and this other vessel the city of baltimore that received these distress signals obviously made straight for this ship claiming to be the ss urang wadan on a rescue mission so the first vessel to reach the madan was the silver star after try well using the signal towers uh, triangulation to find its location of the distress message so it reached the urang wadan um, and failing to receive any communication back from the crew on board the ship, uh, a rescue or a search party was formed by the captain, and they boarded the Urang Madan. Now, according to the crew accounts, it was apparent that the radio operator that sent out this distress signal was not telling any lies. Upon boarding, they found bodies of the crew strewn about the ship, and the reports of the captain and his officers' whereabouts, they were all true, captain and all of his officers on the bridge but what was all more terrifying was that all of these dead crew members bore this same horrified face with the upturned body in apparent horror including the ship's dog that had also died 
claiming in a snarled position. So having seen all this, with no apparent cause of death, it's obvious that you'd want to take this ship ashore, you know, alert the authorities. They weren't that silly in the 1940s. So upon attaching this tow line, they noticed the smoke was emerging from the cargo hold aboard the Rurang Madan. So the tow line was cut before the Madan then imminently exploded and apparently lifted out of the water from this explosion before sinking to its demise and the bottom of the Pacific. So the SS Urang Madan, which is the feature of this ghost ship, was a Dutch vessel um, with an Indonesian name that roughly translated as the man from Madan. Um, but what makes this all the more intriguing is that there doesn't appear to be any maritime record of this vessel, either Dutch or Indonesian, in the Lloyd's vessel directory. So how did the crew aboard the Orang Madan die? Well, this message that they'd received, all crew dead, I die. So there's been lots of theories that are floating around, your pardon the pun, and one is that the cargo hold that exploded, which was particularly cargo hold four, was potentially holding illegal substances that it was smuggling, such as potassium cyanide and nitroglycerin. So these claims come from a booklet that was written by a man called Otto Mielke, who was a, a naval author. He started writing naval non-fiction in the mid-20th century, around 1954. And he claimed to know a lot about the ship, including like, the captain's name. And he claimed that should seawater have come into contact with this potassium cyanide or nitroglycerin, it could have possibly released these toxic gases and exposing the crew to poisonous flames, hence why they perished. So another less credible theory maybe proposed was that it wasn't nitroglycerin in the hold and not cyanide, but something called Unit 731. Now, Unit 731 is something from history which is a biological weapon supposedly manufactured by a Japanese scientist, Shiro Ishii. Ishii? I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Um, this is this, uh, well, bio, biological scientist infamous for his experimentation during the Second World War. So maybe there's this vessel, the SS Orang Madan, going round that doesn't want to be caught by the authorities, wanted to avoid suspicion or the capture, because it's carrying something in its hold, in its cargo hold, that it doesn't want to be found. So. Maybe they've fallen victim to their own mistake by carrying something a little bit lethal. Um, or was it merely you know, carbon monoxide poisoning from a boiler fire in the engine room or just a fire aboard the ship slowly killing the crew? Because it is a silent killer. Um, there's a few more far-fetched theories that go along with this uh, characteristic ghost ship. And that is that the ship was actually a victim of, you know, maybe maritime wraiths or ghosts. There's a lot of tales that go around um, describing, like, you know, the sirens of the old or, like, as far-fetched as it sounds, the undead pirates of the Black Pearl. Not so far off from the ones from the Pirates of the Caribbean films. Um, or some claim that it was a paranormal phenomenon. 
due to the absence of any like apparent cause of death to the crew members when the Silver Star boarded the ship. Um, so it's something that sticks in your mind is that they've boarded and they looked at all these dead bodies and they've got these terrified expressions. You read various accounts, some people say different things, but apparently the, the crew from the Silver Star said they had these, you know, their arms were braced as though they were trying to defend themselves from this unknown enemy and that they were all positioned like this. So, you know, it makes you a bit, bit more wary or conspicuous. So could it have been something paranormal? And some are even comparing it to something called the Philadelphia Experiment, um, reported by a ufologist, Morris Jessup, which is a some well a claim of a naval experiment where a ship was cloaked from visibility or rendered invisible by the US Navy in the naval port in Philadelphia. So was the Urang Madana naval experiment gone wrong? So either way, there's a lot of scepticism and speculation around the credibility of the whole story of the SS Urang Madan. Uh, was it genuine? Uh, I've read that there was a survivor of the vessel found on a Malaysian island who had recounted his events to the locals before also perishing um, not long after. Um, so maybe it was true, maybe it did happen, maybe it could have been what they were carrying in their cargo hold. I mean, what I want to know is, where's the ship? Why can't they find the SS Uran down at the bottom of the Pacific? Um, or it could just be a hoax. You know, it could just never have happened. Um, it's an unexplained naval mystery, and it's fascinating nonetheless, a little bit terrifying. Um, but it's, it remains an unsolved catastrophe for a reason. I mean, either it's a hoax and it's a very well played one, and it's a sailor's tale just to you know keep them people on their toes. Just one of these things that's made up. Um, so either way, I enjoyed researching about this. Yeah, I, I found it quite interesting. Uh, and if you want to go and find out a bit more, just type in. Orang Madan, which is O U R A N G M E D A N. Uh, you'll find it easily enough. Uh, it's it's interesting that the different accounts vary in terms of the timings. It's reported in different cases as between 1947 and 1948, as I said at the start. It's either it's happened in between this. There's no specific like event that occurred there's no report of the date it occurred which is interesting that the silver star never actually like noted it down in their incidents it was first published in a dutch paper in the 1948 and the first no mentions in english in the united states were in 1952 so is it just a a story that was made up to scare sailors uh to add to this, uh, I've recently come across a, a blog written by someone called Estelle a couple of years ago who claims to have debunked this myth uh, by finding reports in 1940, which were, would be seven or eight years before 
the so-called report in the Dutch Indonesian newspaper about the Orang Medan, which states something very similar, or almost identical, um, about the Orang Medan and the fate of the ship and its crew in an SOS mystery dying in 1940, um, but also dying not on the Straits of Malacca, but in the Solomon Islands, which are to the northeast of Australia, uh, over a thousand miles away from uh, where the Straits of Malacca are. And the key thing that she highlights in this blog is that the crucial link is a person called Silvio Shirley, or Scarely, of Trieste uh, in Italy. And he's key in this because he's the person that reports the story to the newspaper in 1948. However, he was also the source of the 1940 story. So there's no way that he can be the credible source of both of these and say that this Orang Madan happened eight years later. It just completely reduces the credibility of the story. Um, particularly if he's claiming that they occurred in two completely different locations in an admittedly sparsely populated area. So is it just a coincidence that the Urang Madan, he then later claims, perished not far from a place in Indonesia called Madan? Maybe he thought he's not received this credibility uh, from his reports eight years ago. From something that was a little less dramatic and he decided to you know embellish the story a little bit and make it seem a little bit more you know scary a bit, bit more of the mystery that it is today so uh, thanks Estelle for that little blog that I've read and it's made for good reading and you know it's it's not disproved it completely it's still up there as a mystery um, but that's why it makes it so interesting there's so many different things that we've still got to find out about so yeah i thought that was something key to add in at the end there so i hope you've enjoyed listening to this latest podcast and i hope that you want to hear more of these because more of them are coming so thanks for listening uh, and i'll catch you in the next one